Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Here on stage and in the audience, and if guys, if you want to come up, please just raise your hand. Um, I'm not the best multitasker, but I will bring you up and I uh, will bring you to the stage. We'd love for you to contribute to the conversation. Hey, Sharon, I see you're here. I hope you can chit chat this morning. How are you? I am fantastic, Barbara. Good morning. So happy to be with you. You are here. Why, why I am here. So love being well, here. Well, thank you. Thank you. For all those who don't know, Sharon Lecter is one of my favorite people here on Clubhouse. She's my mentor and uh, I will be going with her in May. I better sign up before I lose my spot because you're doing a writer's retreat on a gorgeous island right in the British Virgin Islands. And I'm just going to submerse myself in getting that book done. I keep talking about it. Now I got to do something about it. And uh, I'm scheduling it. I'm going. I cannot wait. You want to talk a little bit about that? See if anybody wants to be my roomie. Absolutely. You all have a story. Uh, we, I want to hear your story. I want to help you get it out. And that's one of the best ways to do that is to get into an environment 
that is just beautiful, serene, and it's a private island down in the British Virgin Islands. Go to aerialbvi.com, you can see the island, and it's something that uh, I'm putting this together with Brittany Turner. She's the owner of the island, another client of mine, and it's just a little piece of heaven to go down and understand not just the writing process, but under how to build your platform. The people that are all coming together are going to support each other. Um, it's not just writing it, it's knowing how to market it and how to reach the maximum number of people. And that's um, my goal is to use my many years of experience in writing successful books to help other people not just get their story out, but to get it out in a way where it will impact the greatest number of people. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be May 14th through the 18th. And reach out to me, info at SharonLector.com, and we'll get you the information. We'd love to have you join us. Um, we only have a few spots left, so come on down. It's going to be an incredible experience. Well, Sharon, we should tell everybody, how many best-selling books have you written? Sharon co-wrote, she's the brains, in my opinion, behind Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you guys have all heard of that. And how many best-selling books have you have you read, be written? Well, I just released my 26th this last summer. <laughs> I'm no fool, ladies and gentlemen. I am no fool. I, I I know who to go to when it comes to helping to finish write my book. So I pinned it up at the top. If you guys uh, have any questions, you can always DM Sharon or you can um, check out that link. Writer's Private Island Retreat, British Virgin Islands with Barbara Majeski and Sharon Lecter. You, you know this is going to be a good time. <laughs> It is gonna, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be a life-changing event for anybody that comes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Sharon. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. And uh, again, anybody who's interested, you can DM me, DM me, uh, or DM uh, Sharon. I'm sure there's only a few spots left. It's uh, not a large retreat, but it's time to get it done. And you know what? I think, the you know, I, I just... Something happened this weekend. Um, I lost a friend to pancreatic cancer yesterday. And last week, and I only share this um, because last week she came across my she she came across my consciousness again. And I'm a stage three cancer survivor. So I I know what this journey looks like. And she came across my mind. And I was like, you know what, I gotta just DM her. I just got to text her. I think somebody's got a hot mic. Um, I just got to text her and I got to just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you, but I started to overthink this. And this is where I want to share it. Started to overthink it. I'm like, I should invite her out for a walk. Oh, wait a second. It's still COVID and I don't want to put her at risk. I, you know, I want to bring her over a casserole. I want to bring her over a lasagna. I want to do something. I want it. Hold on. Somebody's got a, like, a hot mic. All right, Victor, there we go. Um, so I started to overthink instead of, so instead of doing something, I did absolutely nothing. And when I found out that she had passed, I just was beside myself because I'll never get to do that again. I can send my prayers and everything out into the universe, but I just, I had, wish I had one more touch point with her. And I share this because Doing something is always better than doing nothing. And doing little things are big enough. Something is big enough. And I should know this as somebody who's been in treatment and people have reached out to me and have helped me and she walked with me when I was going through my chemo. And um, I just wanna share that. D don't wait, don't procrastinate. If you feel the need to reach out to someone and you don't really know what to say, I think sending just a little heart emoji and saying, I was thinking about you today. Love you. Hope you're feeling well. I wish I, I knew in that moment to send it and I just got distracted and I was like, no, I need to do something bigger. And um, I kind of regret that. So I just want to share that, especially as I, this what you know seeing uh talking with sharon this morning in this writer's retreat it's time for me to write my book and tell my story so i can use it to help others get out of their own way and um share my journey which is filled with fun stories that have a lot of purpose and a lot of alignment i don't i feel that i've come to a place in my life where i understand that everything i have gone through has gotten me through to a higher level, a higher expression of myself, uh, a better version of myself, especially the ugliest things have actually given me great depth of compassion and knowingness and uh, have, has helped me abandon um, 
just just disband judgment. Oh my God, like getting rid of that and being just, uh, you know, standing in a space of compassionate understanding is such a, such a powerful shift. And the only reason I went through it is because I stood in sanctimonious judgment of others uh, saying, if that ever happened to me, I would do X, Y, and Z. And then of course the universe with its, you know, lovely sense of humor was like, really Babs? Is that how you're going to handle that if that happens to you? And the universe handed me a, a, a plate of that, my own, my own experience to see how I would really handle it. And, um, turns out, uh, until you walk a mile on somebody else's shoes, don't, don't pass judgment. So good morning, Brian. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. You gave us another a, big, you had a big week again this week, Brian. Yeah, I about already this morning. I mean, uh, Sharon Lecter's uh, I have been struggling with a, a book for three years, and it's written. It's mostly written, but it's just I think I'm letting uh, perfection get in the way of progress, and. Are you cutting it? Is Brian cutting in and out or is that me? He's Brian's cutting in and out, but that's because he's thinking about joining us. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to pull the trigger, Brian. You need to pull the trigger. Hey, Brian, what's stopping you? You know, Brian's got two. He spoke in Spain last month, came back, went to Vegas, had another speaking engagement, and now he's invited back to Europe. He's got two more speaking. Is that in May again, Brian? Uh, yeah, it's May. It's uh, in the in the Am Amsterdam and uh, Denmark. Yeah. So in between, you should come to the writers' retreat with me and Sharon Lecter because you know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and do tell how are you getting there? Are you flying on your pl private plane? <laughs> because I mean, what, how else would you go? I mean, uh, but but on your own plane. Go you think about all these these people that are writing books and have stories to tell and you know and that contribution you know you sort of uh you owe it to people especially the people like yourself and sharon who've overcome such incredible obstacles you know there's sort of a a bigger purpose there and that bigger purpose is perhaps helping others do the same well, you know, I don't usually bring up the, I try not to bring up the plane, but what is so important, if, if we're going to talk about the fact that um, you and I uh, um, did build a, um, make an investment in uh, a little Honda jet and, you know, some people open up that chapter of our story. And that's why I want to write the book is that, you know, that's not where my story begins, but that's where my journey has taken me. And I'm very, very proud of that. And I want to help others open up their eyes to if you can believe it and you can move towards it. You have two choices. You can either believe in your dreams or you cannot believe in your dreams. These are your choices. It's completely incumbent upon the decisions that you make. So it's in your jurisdiction, whether you think you can or you think you can't, it's completely up to you. And I, you know, I built myself from the ground up. I put myself through college. When I was in middle school, we lived on my in, on my uncle's bedroom apartment in a studio apartment in La Jolla, California. I am one of four kids. I had to sleep on his floor with my three brothers, my dad, and he had the, the one bedroom and the bed. We shared one bathroom and I have this memory that keeps popping up. So my, I have a brother with special needs. His name is Steven. And I was responsible for taking care of him. I was the only girl and I love my brother. I love all three of my brothers, but I have a special affection for Steven who has a condition known as Fragile X. And Steven had this thing with matchbox cars and he has a form of autism. So he's very repetitive and he just gets very hyper-focused on different things. Like Wendy Williams is his, is his go-to person. And at the time he loved matchbox cars and he would line them up over and over again. And I would play with him all day long. And we had this very, very small apartment. And when we would go out and play by the pool, we actually got, we got in trouble and ended up getting evicted. But what I remember is that when I wasn't watching Steven, he would stuff his matchbox cars into the kitchen sink and turn on the garbage disposal. And if you can just take a minute and understand that metal on metal is just not a noise that you ever want to hear. And to this day, 
I have such an aversion to garbage disposal. Like everybody, some people have fear of spiders, fear of the rain, fear of whatever, fear of heights. I have, is there a diagnosis? Somebody please. I have a diagnosis of garbage disposals. I have such, a, I have such anxiety when I turn on that switch. And recently I'm redoing my, my, um, my my kitchen down at the shore and the guy's like do you want to put in a garbage disposal i'm like oh no i don't need i don't have garbage disposals in princeton i don't have it at the shore i don't even know if i have it at any of my other homes but anyway i share that he was playing demolition what what he was playing demolition dirt he was playing demolition derbies man come on that's i don't know what he was doing but man that's awesome I am really uh, still traumatized for it. And I, um, I'm in therapy right now as we're speaking. It's 13 minutes in. This is my therapy session. But I just want to share that if we're going to talk about flying to a writer's, a private writer's retreat with Sharon Lecter on a private plane, don't just open that chapter of my book and judge me there. Understand these are visions and aspirations that I had as a young girl and um i've always been a big dreamer a big thinker and i think if it's out there i might as well choose to believe it and i was talking with my good friend dan who's here in this room where i saw him pop in and i was talking about some of the things i want to accomplish over the next 10 years and sometimes i hold myself back not so much from him but from other people because i'm afraid of you know people judging and you know being i don't know i've had some people come at me in a negative way but i was talking with him and i was like you know I just feel like if somebody can have ocean front and they can be on the water, I just need to figure out how they got their house on the water. Why, why not me? You know, why not me? And it's really been a process throughout my life. And I share that we are all a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously, because it's important to understand that I vacillate as just like anybody else with insecurities and apprehensions of saying, well, who do I think I am? Why, you know, I'm not, you know, I graduated in a class of 360 people in high school. I was, my class rank was 180. I mean, I just like things like this happen over and over again, where I am just smack in the middle of mediocrity. Like, so I can sometimes be like, well, why me? But I have just made this decision to choose to believe that if it is out there and it's something that I want, I just have to figure out how to get there. If they got there, so can I. And I just choose to think that way. Other people can be like, well, that's just too much work. And who do I think I am? That's a decision, not a condition. You choose to believe or you choose not to believe. And I've decided to choose to believe that I can figure out how to have oceanfront property at the Jersey Shore. And that is where that's going to be the trajectory of, of where I'm going down at the shore. And it's just how I'm, this is how I'm built. So I don't want anybody to open up this book of Barb and be like, oh, look at her. She has a, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Please understand there's a whole journey that Sharon's going to, right, Sharon, you're going to help me pull this all together. Absolutely. And that's all, it's, you know, it's not the words, it's the emotion behind the words that you want to share. And you know, people relate to the ups and downs, but sometimes they relate more to the downs in your life and how you recovered. And when you share what you've been through and um, how you've recovered, you're going to touch so many more lives. I mean, it took me a long time before I was able to talk about losing a child. But once I actually was able to talk about that, the, the floodgates opened. So many people who have had that fear or have had that experience needed to know that they weren't alone. And um, each of us has had things that stopped us in our tracks, whether it was a death, a divorce, a financial setback, an illness. And the issue is you're still here and you're still here for a reason. And what you've gone through has made you stronger. And that strength comes from that experience and being able to recover. And if you can share the steps you took, the things that you went through, the mistakes you made, the victories you've had along the way, that makes you not just stronger, it makes you, uh, gives you the gift to others so that they can see if she can do this, so can I. And it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, you, you, you've all had successes, you've all had learning opportunities and people need to hear from you. I could not agree with you more. I've always, it's always, it's been said that the only emancipation from suffering is to help others. And I can 
say that each time, you know, I share and I, you know, sometimes I hold back, but you know, when I feel the time is right, I remember during my treatments, um, I was very, I was like, nobody's allowed to promote, do not say anything on social media. I was diagnosed in November and I was, if anybody, like there were email, I sent out emails. I let people know I was texting. It wasn't like I was private about it, but I wasn't going to put myself out into the public arena and then March hit, which we're in the middle of March right now. So I think this is an appropriate time. March hit, which is colon cancer awareness month. And I was like, okay, I am going to share what I'm going through. So I was knee deep in chemo. I did not share that I was also going through a divorce um, because I just, I wasn't, I wasn't able to serve at that point. You have to be able to take your story. I feel and, and help others. And I felt in that moment, I could use what I was going through to help others. I know that colon cancer is the most treatable, beatable cancer if it's caught early. And I was 42 years old. I had just run my second New York City marathon. I was a, you know, I was healthy. I was in shape. I was young. I just wasn't the poster girl for that cancer. I never saw anybody who looked like me. I was, I was completely blindsided. And I thought to myself, I'm like there. And then the, the oncologist said to me, he's like, your demographic is getting decimated. Nobody is talking about it. No women look like you. They're not talking about it. They're, they still think it's an overweight male, a sedent, overweight, sedentary, older male that has this type of cancer, but it actually looks exactly like you and you and your contemporaries are getting decimated. And it was in that moment, I was like, you know what? Okay. And I finally did it. I did a post on Facebook and I was like, all right, here we go. And I just posted a picture and I said, let me tell you the truth behind what this beautiful phony picture really is, is I'm in chemo for stage three um, colon cancer and it's colon cancer awareness month. And I went in and I talked about how, you know, how old my kids were and I kept it very brief. I kept it very succinct. And what ended up happening from that and Sharon, I think this speaks to you sharing also about losing your son is once you open up those floodgates, you realize that you can serve and help others because of your experience. I all of a sudden for months and if not years, cause I still get these messages. I still get these messages to this day. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I knew something was wrong. I scheduled a screening and I had precancerous this and precancerous that and, or, you know, I had some, this, that, and the other thing I get those messages. Thank you, Barbara over and over and over again. Every time I, sh I knew I, di I didn't want to go in, but then I knew chemo was so much worse than any sort of screening and it's true hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day like you share your journey and you realize what you, what you went through was, you know, as part of your story as part of your history and you can use it to serve others. I can share these stories over and over again. I've just, I'm going through something right now and I'm just looking for people that are, have had that same journey, you know? Um, and I'll, I'll just say that much. Is that landing with anybody this morning? I'd be happy to um, share the, pass the mic around. Barbara, you, that sounds really good. We're digging that. Thank you. Love Who was that? I recognize that voice. Is that Tenji? That's Alvin. Hey, Alvin. <laughs> How you feeling? How you feeling? I saw some video. Are you okay? Yeah, man. I'm just doing a little staycation in the hospital for a couple of days. Well, who does that, Alvin? That's, well, this is the what? best way to get me to sit down. Well, I hope you're in full recovery. Are you on the, the uptick? Because you're here on Clubhouse. This is a good sign. Yeah, I'm on the uptick. I just had uh, some bone spurs on my vertebrae I had to get removed. Uh, mm. We had that car accident. It paralyzed me momentarily. And uh, so I went from from full motion to paralyzed in a matter of seconds to two days walking again. 
And then the doctor said, man, that was just a precursor to what really could happen. So that head, that um, that collision that could have killed me was really a life-saving situation that allowed me to come in here now and get this taken care of so I could be a better version of myself. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm glad to hear that you're getting getting things done because we <laughs> we love having you. Well, thanks, Alvin. I appreciate you sharing that. I heard somebody else jump in who wanted to say something. Good morning, Barbara. It's Mitzi. Um, Hi, Mitzi. I don't, sound, I don't sound muffled, but I just wanted to say this has been such a fire discussion, and I cannot repeat this enough. The obedience that is displayed in these rooms is phenomenal. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. And it's just, I, it's, I'm just so thankful that all of you, Brad included, your obedience to God just is, it, it's a wonderful, refreshing reflection because we don't know what everyone is actually going through. Um, as, as Alvin just said, you know, he's laying in the hospital. I mean, God is so good and how he, you know, has us all pull up and it's just, I mean, it just couldn't be more encouraging. And Sharon, your retreat sounds so bomb. Oh my goodness. You got to do one, uh, you got to do one like stateside somewhere like North Carolina, <laughs> you know, <laughs> many of us have, we're all, we all have a book. Some of us have series and it just, it, you know, just to hear you guys describe the setting and the ability to be able to do that, that sounds extremely successful. And I, I thank you for that as well. But yeah, I'm, I just, I'm always floored with the obedience that I see in Breath of Champions. I'm Mitzi and I'm done speaking. Wow, Mitzi, thank you so much for, thanks for sharing that. And I hear somebody else unmiking. Did anybody else want to contribute this? I Barbara, just I, just hope you, I just hope you do the audible. Please promise me you'll read the audible. I'm looking <laughs> forward to this book. I promise, Dakota, I promise. I'm looking forward to this book. I I love sharing my stories and sometimes they just hit me here on Clubhouse. Like I shared last week how, um, and it hit me as I was talking, I was like, oh my God, I forgot when I was living in my uncle's apartment. And again, we got evicted because what was, we were just hunkered into this little apartment and my brothers and I would sneak out and go swimming during the day and somebody turned us in and we all got evicted. Um, but I remembered in those dark times, my father was like, listen, go draw your house, draw your house, draw your dream house, because it all, he was like, you've got to start somewhere. And if it, if other people can have it, cause he would also take us to Ferrari dealerships. Mind you, we didn't even have a car. We had like a painter's van with two seats in it. And the kids, like only Steven could sit in the front with my dad. And the three of us would surf in the back. I mean, what a crime scene we were and um we had to drive us to ferrari dealerships and tell us to pick out our car because his thought was if somebody somebody has to buy these cars somebody lives in these homes somebody has this and they had to do something to get themselves there we just have to figure out what that something was and stick with it stick with it and do it and that has never left my the fabric of my being of like somebody has waterfront property, somebody figured it out and I just need to reverse engineer how they did it. I got to find my own path, but I first, you have to believe in it. And I, I loved that I found that story in my head because I drew my dream house that had a circular driveway brick. But the craziest part is I drew Jack and Jill bathrooms. So I drew four kid bedrooms cause I'm one of four. And they all had each had adjoining, the two rooms had an adjoining bathroom, a Jack and Jill bathroom. Because I thought that was so cute. I must have, so I saw that somewhere. I don't, maybe in like the Brady Bunch. I don't know. I guess I saw it on the Brady Bunch. And then I drew it like Ben and I, that's my twin, would share a bathroom. And then Michael and Steven, they're twins. They would share a bathroom. I'm one of two sets of twins. And um, I drew that. And now I just realized, I'm like, my, that's what I have in my house here in Princeton. Um, it's still, it gives me chills. I could share it every day. So that'll be that'll be in, in the book. But thanks, Dakota. I promise I'll do an audi audible, but I don't know if I'll use my voice. According to my kids, I have the most cringy voice on television. Uh, <laughs> jump in. You got to use your voice oh, to get that accent uh, on the, uh, the parts <laughs> that you get excited about. Like when you're going deep into like the early days, we can get that full Barbara. 
full on sorcery, sorcery. Yeah, the sorcery. We got to get the sorcery in the book. It's important. I tried to use that word again, and it did not work. It came out saucer, and then I was confused. I was like, I don't even remember which one was right. I love it, man. I love that you're sharing here, Barbara, and it's great to see Alvin in the room, Brian. It's good to see your face, although I will admit I'm seeing your face everywhere. You were on the back of the Automotive News magazine. Look right here. Full page. Full page. Right there on the back. Brother, how crazy is this to be 61 and starting my career? How crazy. <laughs> I'm just starting, man. I, I love it. I, I can't. I That's can't awesome. Wait. It's, I exci- love it. it's exciting. But this is cool. And Sharon, I did not know of this uh, retreat. And one of my goals and targets for this year is to get this book out that I've been dancing around for probably five years now. Uh, but it's a book that I feel is that now, now is really the time. So I'm looking at this retreat and it looks beautiful. And the idea like having a, a writer's retreat in, in itself is a great idea, but being able to spend that time with you where everything that you've ever printed has been incredibly impactful. Like what a gift. So thank you, Sharon. Well, when is, when is it again? Well, it's May 14th through 18th. Yeah. Uh, when? July, July, May, 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 May 14th May. through 18th. We're going to have an incredible time. And Glenn, I'm delighted. There was a reason we were on this morning and Barbara, thank you for bringing it up because I'm going to hold a spot for you, Glenn. Yes, please, Sharon. I will absolutely jump on that. It's going to be Sharon, I'd love to be in your next one as well. Sharon, I'd love to be in your next one. I can't make May, but I sure would love to do that. Absolutely. Who was who was just speaking? Alvin Johnson. No, oh, Alvin, wonderful. I would love that. Hey, Alvin's hey, got a hey, great Sharon, story. Sharon? Sharon, I can't I yeah, I can't do the uh, the eighteenth of May. Uh, I'll be out of the country. But I, I think um It'd be worth me flying to wherever you are to sit down and go through this stuff if that's something that you would uh, consider. Absolutely, uh, I actually you know, I'm doing your, your tutelage because it's uh, May is booked up already, but I, as I, if it wasn't, I would cut the airfare in half for Barbara <laughs> and, and, join, and join her down there, but I but I can't. Well, I'm doing a business retreat with some authors at my ranch in April third through the sixth. So if you were interested in that, let me know. I'm here in Arizona. And otherwise I do, you know, full one day and I do mentoring and Barbara and I work together. So just reach out to me, info at SharonLector.com um, and we'll figure out a way to support you getting it done. Uh, and Sharon, we're gonna see you next week at Grants uh, at Grants Deal. Actually, Are you going to be there? Actually, this is the first one I'm missing. I'm speaking on the West Coast, so I won't be this. Oh. I will, okay. see, you. I will right. see you there, right. Brian. And I'm min- min- mentioning the uh, splitting the airfare there with Barbara. Barbara, if I can schedule a seat for me yeah. on your uh, on a Honda Jet, we could fly down together. That would be amazing. Let's go. Let's and, go. Uh, let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll it, figure man. all that out. All right, I'll but, save but, a seat for you. Barbara, did you get to figure out how to use the uh, Bon Jovi stereo system on the jet? <laughs> no, it's, I flew it, on it last time with it's a bunch freaking of girls. Cool. We it's were not freaking, listening. <laughs> it's freaking cool, man. It's cool. It, it, there are no speakers. It's like the, the, the fuselage itself has amplification in it. So when you turn it on, I mean, when, when Jasmine and I were there, and the, the pilots said, you know, the he gave us a whole Bon Jovi did this and did that and designed it. And, and, I, and he said, do you need help hooking it up? And I said, no, I got to figure it out. And I couldn't figure it out. And of course, all of a sudden the music just blasts. You see the pilots jump. Whoa! And he goes, yeah, you figured it out. huh?" But it, it, the sound was incredible. And it, I'm just not used to that experience in a plane. You know, maybe you have headphones on or whatnot, but it was really, I mean, real surround sound in the tube. And it was pretty awesome. So. Uh, next 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 week when you're on it, make sure you you hook your you link up your phone. I'm excited. Well, I will. Uh, I'll see you guys, both of you guys, then down in in Miami. Glenn, when do you, when do you get there? I will be in Miami Thursday morning. I will arrive Thursday morning. Nice. All right, all the cool kids heading down to Miami. It's gonna uh, be and uh, and and our friend Nelson uh, has hooked up the um, Miami mobile for me. 
So, you know, you can hit your ride. <laughs> the Lambos are, are out Just again. Just make sure you got some gas this time. That, that wasn't me. That was Nelson. <laughs> That's right. That wasn't me and Brian. That was that was all Nelson. <laughs> that kid was, that kid, and they say he's a kid. He's 20, whatever, 6, 25. My, the shoes I'm wearing are older than he is. But this, this guy was enjoying life in Miami. He's rum, 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 you know, racing the engine. And, and you know, there's 500 plus ponies there drink the fuel and he you know he must have figured he had a weak supply of fuel in that car and he certainly did not and all i know is i woke up i woke up in the morning kind of early and i saw that two hours before he's got a gas can in the middle of some uh freeway in miami uh filling up filling up the car just cracking cracking me up because as a kid we've all been there you know as a kid we've all been there with that and i, I said oh my good lord so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to um Real education, really mixing it up with some great people and uh, a little R&R uh, as well. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think there's a good takeaway, too, in the conversation that, you know, what we're all flying down for is Grant Cardone is hosting a um, a growth, it calls it growth, at growth con. It's a gro- growth conference, and he brings in um, very successful thought leaders, entrepreneurs, um, just billionaires talking about how they built their empires, how they achieved what they have done. And it's, you know, it's, it's really legendary. I mean, these tickets have sold out and he hasn't even announced who he's interviewing. We just, we know that he brings in real people and he has real dialogue. And one of my favorite things actually being here on Clubhouse is listening to Grant interview somebody and, or Grant getting interviewed because when somebody asks him a question, he will answer it or he will just say, you know what? I don't know that, but I'm going to get you that information. But when he reverses those questions and somebody doesn't answer and isn't as transparent as, as he, as he is, he just, he's like, I don't, he just moves on. And it's incredibly powerful because he walks the walk and talks the talk. And I have a, uh, you know, listen, I side eye everyone. I'm from Jersey. I'm very skeptical. I don't trust. I'm like, you're guilty until proven innocent. I've got it all flip flopped. Please this stop admitting. Please stop admitting that. Please come on. It's what? the only thing. Come on. <laughs> what that I'm from Jersey <laughs> or that you're I'm from don't... Jersey? Come on, man. It's the only you know, like I... <laughs> black eye I can give you. I'm sorry. I was born in Livingston. I live in New Jersey. I talk Jersey. I have a, I live, I spend my summers at the shore. I mean, what I cannot, you cannot take the Jersey out of this girl for sure. Although this girl is ready to leave New Jersey based on the politics here, but that's a show for another day. So let's keep the, let's keep moving forward. But I will say what you're seeing is, um, he, you know, we, we're all going down because we're we're always in a growth mindset. We're always I, looking I, to learn. Hey, Barb, I, w- I will tell you this. The first speaker last year, and last year, if you remember, the world was locked down. And it yeah. took some nerve on Grant's part uh, that in March of 2021, he said, I, I'm having this. You know, I'm going to have less people uh, on purpose, but I'm, I'm going to have this. And it was really, for me, it was like the coming out party, like, you know, to hell with this. Everybody's telling me you can't go. And in fact, I had to quarantine when I got back. But I, I just said, you know, life is for the living. You got you to gotta live. I'm not going to sit in, in my, you know, I, I was at the time, I'm going back and forth from work to home, work to home, work to What kind of life is that? I don't live to work. I, I You know, I don't work to live. I, I want to enjoy myself. And I thought that was a great excuse, a great reason to get out. And with the very first speaker, which was Jesse Itzler, I, I got the entire, whatever I paid for the seats that I had, and it was, I think it was five figures. Um, whatever I paid, I got my value from just Jesse Itzler. And the, the simple understanding that the number one obligation you have to yourself is to your own health. The number one obligation you have to your family is to your own health and well-being. The number one obligation you have to your business is your health and your well-being. Because you, you can't help any of those uh, entities or people if you yourself are not uh, healthy. And you know, I, I, sometimes you feel guilty about taking care of yourself. But that's, that's an obligation that you have. Very much like when you're in an airplane and they tell you if there's a problem, put your mask on yourself first and then on your child. And it's counterintuitive. But if you are not able to breathe, you're in no position to help your child. 
And, and I think that's the same thing, whether we're talking about a child, uh, a, a, a family, uh, friends, or a business. You know, I'm in no position to help uh, my, my company if I'm sitting uh, in, in a position of dis-ease someplace uh, by not taking care of myself. And again, people come across things that they can't control, uh, cancer and various other things that it's not your fault. Uh, but, you know, let's control the things that we can control. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, I, um, you know, you got to make it a priority for you. You've got to put yourself in. You uh, came up with this room title, Treat Yourself Like You Matter, Remember Tomorrow. And it, it's so important putting your oxygen mask on yourself first so you can ultimately take care of others. You can't pour from an empty cup. Your health is your wealth. And sometimes you just, you have to rein it in. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, you know what? I just feel like I got a little sloppy through quarantine and wasn't really, um, you know, I never not, not take care of myself, but sometimes it's more optimized than others. And when we went down, um, I did one of those, we went down to Florida last time. I was like, you know what? I just need to do a full panel blood test because I'm just, I'm exhausted and I'm a high energy girl. I'm like, I do not like being tired. I just, it is one of, it's just annoying. And I don't know if anybody's ever felt this way where you're just sluggish and laconic and you have brain fog and all the things and you're, you know, you blame everything else, but then you just have to take that stop and be like, all right, this, no, I'm just not optimized. I, I just need to do full on, not only just a checkup from the neck up, but I, I just need to make this a priority. Well, you know, it's funny, it's funny um, when I, you say that, you pardon me for interrupting, you, you say that you blame no. yourself and it's so true. And then we give ourselves reasons, right? Or excuses. We say, you know, well, I guess I'm getting older. And, and when you start that mindset, you go down that bad rabbit hole. But what if, if, if there's one nutrient that's missing? What if there's one thing that you can do, one, one amino acid that you're deficient in that's causing your engine to run uh, and be sluggish. I, Barbara, without fail, every 12 weeks, I get full blood panels, without fail. If something is going to happen to me, I want to know about it as early as possible. I, you, know, you, you look at your engine, the gauges on the dashboard, when you're driving, hopefully every day, I want to know what's going on with the blood, you know, what's going on, and it tells the story, uh, you know, whether it be a, a deficiency in vitamin D, or a hormone deficiency, or something else, or, you know, something is climbing, uh, uh, cholesterol, something that is that is in within my control uh, to, to, to take care of. And, you know, the, the fun part of being where we are today is we've got, a, you know, we've got most of our marbles. Uh, we, we've got a couple of dollars. Uh, uh, now the deal, part of winning in life is to live, <laughs> live a long time. You want to piss your friends off, those, those haters off, outlive them. <laughs> That's winning the game. Uh, and to the extent that you can control it, and you know this is all in the Lord's hands, I understand. But the good Lord is saying, "Hey, you got to help me out a little bit here. You gotta put down those cigarettes because you know the understanding you cannot smoke and have health. You you can't." And there are those that say, "Well, if I no, you cannot do both, right?" And that understanding, I want to be around as long as I can be around to make an impact, uh, to have an influence, and to be able to see my beautiful children grow up and grow strong, to be able to see the people that I started in business. Wow, look what she did. Wow, I look what he did. I, I have 1% to do with that. I want to be around to see those glorious times. So that what you said about the blood test, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really important. And there's a, a place called Cleveland Heart Lab. And I'd recommend when you're looking into getting panels, you don't have to go to Cleveland. You can have a phlebotomist throw the blood here that you get their full panels because blood tests, not all blood tests are created the same. You've got to be asking and you've got to get with a physician. You've got to ask the right questions to get the right test to give you the answer, you know, the truth. And, and, you know, some of us, especially men, we avoid the truth because we're afraid it's going to say something that we don't want to hear. And, you know, there's no better time than to deal with that than, than today. I I agree. And I think you're a great example of that. Go ahead. Who wanted to jump in? I, I heard somebody. I was just saying, speaking of Cleveland, Brian, did you see our new pick? Did I see what? What what new pick? Our new draft to the Browns. No, no, I did not. Who's that? We got Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't follow the game that closely, but 
uh, it, it sounds like it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And, and how you can draw a parallel between a, a draft pick and blood test, God bless you. You, are <laughs> you mentioned Cleveland, so that's why I said that. Yeah, no, Cleveland Heart Lab happens to be one of the, the premier And I'm from places. Cleveland, so yeah, that's well, where I, it I mean, lies. listen, pride, man, love it. Stick your chest out. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. I love it. Deshaun Watson, wasn't he, he played for the, te- uh, he played in Texas, right? Yeah, for the Texans. Mm-hmm. For the, uh, for the Texans. Yes. Cause uh, my son is a huge, huge fan. So guys, I'm just going to quickly reset the room. You're in breakfast with champions. Treat yourself like you matter. Remember tomorrow is the room title. If you go down to the lower left-hand corner, there's this little widget with two arrows, one arrow on top, one arrow on the bottom. We're at 78 right now. And if you just tap on that and share it to the hallway, it helps bring other people into this room. We have a great conversation. Brian and I uh, have been doing these Saturdays for over a year. We absolutely love it because we love the audience and the conversations here. We don't, I personally do not give up these Saturdays at all. I look forward to the dialogue, seeing my friends here. Um, This audience just fills my heart. And I, you know, here in Breakfast with Champions, we focus on inspiration, motivation, and education. And uh, I'm always grateful for everybody that joins this conversation and uh, supports this room. So let's bring some more people in here. And I want to round out this last, the last 15 minutes by talking about the power of giving and giving without anything, you know, expecting anything in return. Like, you know, Brian gives of himself every Saturday morning and talks about, you know, how he optimizes his health, his wealth, his family. And it's such a, it, it, I take so much from it and I just see how optimized his health is. And it really, you know, it triggers me to be like, you know what? I, I can do He's better. He's a freaking machine. A machine. He's a freaking machine. But you know what, Glenn? And I know this speaks to you. It's all based on his daily decisions and his habits and his discipline. And I look at that and I'm like, I can choose Awareness. to do the things that Awareness. he does. Awareness yeah. comes first, right? It's, you know, it's the, the and heck, it's the awareness of that. Of like, you know, Brian, better, I, better I, awareness helps you make better daily decisions. Better daily decisions give you better results. It's it's uh, Robin Sharma's success formula, and I love this brilliance and simplicity. And every one of us can say, hey, wait a second, okay, what success formula? Well, it's it's the uh, Robin Sharma has a success formula. It's better awareness helps you make better daily decisions. Better daily decisions give you better results. And I don't care what, if we're talking about business, uh, if we're talking about business, we're talking about health, we're talking about nutrition, uh, we're talking about increasing your capacity. It's all the awareness. And whenever I get that, oh, I can't do this, there's not enough time, I think of Jeff Bezos. And how many companies does this man own? How many companies, how many verticals is he in? And I say, you know, I, can we ever use the excuse that we don't have time when there are other human beings made of the same stuff that we're made of that are just really crushing it in, in, in so many different ways. Well, what I like about that word awareness is that it needs to actually start becoming aware of your thoughts and the narratives that you're telling yourself because you can either choose to believe or choose not to believe. And I, I just encourage everybody to realize that Nobody here is superhuman, none of us. Nobody that you look up to, not a, not an author, not a speaker, not a celebrity, they have just made certain decisions and they start off with the belief to choose to believe. And whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're, you're right. And I say that quote just at, at nauseam because I'm just trying to- So, so what, is, what is decision? What's the definition of decision? You know, those of us in sales understand. A decision is to eliminate all other options and you know making a decision is profound making an informed decision is, is really profound and you know better awareness when you were, you were speaking to me before when you were talking about you know uh i saw the house in jersey and my father we looked at the ferrari and you start asking better questions like why not me why not us and you know that a younger version of me, when we became like the, the the top store in our market, said, "Well, why not our county, and then the county, and then the state? Why, and then and then well, why not us? Why not the country?" And and you know when you ask yourself questions, you have that negative voice that will answer because you're not so smart because of this because of that. You 
and 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 then when you when you start really peeling that stuff away and say, well, if I overcame that, could it be us? If we did this, could it be us? And so now I've got you know some three, four, five hundred people that work with us. That when, when we start talking about why can't we take on Carvana? Why can't we take on Tesla? Why can't we be top in the country? And and when we come up with the reasons and the excuses, and we start peeling them away, we start to realize, hey, that is possible. And what would that do for me, for us, for them, for our kids, our families? And so it, it can be really powerful, Barb. I agreed. And it does. It come, Go ahead, Glenn. I was just going to, I was going to share two things. Uh, one, we also have to keep in mind, you know, Brian's got about an 18, 19 year head start on all of us. So let's just, let's just keep that in mind too. He's, he's a little, he's a little further down the road. He's a little more advanced. Uh, and so for those of you that are like, man, I want to get to that level. Like, just know that he's been building these disciplines over time, right? Over time. And there's a, uh, there's a book, the greatest salesman in the world. And it's got these scrolls. And in one of the scrolls, it says something really powerful. It says, good habits are the keys to all success. Bad habits are the open door to failure. And every time I read that, I think that's so incredibly powerful, right? Because it's easy. Bad habits, it's easy to slide right through an open door. The good habits are the keys, right? When you think of a key, you've got a locked door. Now you got to use the key. It's got to be the right key, right? It takes effort. It takes energy. Whereas failure, we can just slide right into. So good habits are the keys to all success. Bad habits are an unlocked door to failure. And I think Brian displays that. It's one of the reasons I love having him as a friend and someone that I look up to. I think, who is that? Let's go, Sebastian. Hey, Small, Sebastian. seemingly insignificant daily disciplines can lead to something incredible. And it's just, it's the small stuff. Glenn, you say I had a, uh, I've got a head start with time. I guess that's, I guess that's true. But you know that doesn't prevent somebody that's young from really hacking all this stuff. Uh, now, certain experience takes time, but other things you can learn from other people and quickly I know, leverage I'm just calling that. You, you old. Know? I just thought I. No, no, I. Well, that was yeah. It was it was, a, it was a professional jab. I've been getting called <laughs> that a lot lately. Some guy, some guy on Clubhouse in one of the contentious rooms called me old man. And I said, let me tell you about this old man. You pick the sport. You pick the vertical. You pick the day. I'm ready tomorrow. And you and I go at it. Whatever it is. Right. Somebody <laughs> called me old also in uh, one of those night rooms. Son they, of a guns, man. You I know what? Dr. Copeland was like, uh, what, like made a comment about my age is like, and said I looked a little old in a picture. I oh, was like, oh, I, I am the proudest. Oh, so of my age i like i have no shame in my age game i do, you better believe i'm 48 i'm like let me tell you something 48 it's 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 what i put this body through in 61 years it's a miracle man i and, and you know who I'm, my guiding light is my my mentor is in all of this is um it's an odd duck but keith richards because if that guy's still alive if that guy from the rolling stones is still alive him and and mick after what they've done to themselves, you know, I, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. And uh, yeah, just keep, keep, keep my, <laughs> myself focused on sticking around and having an impact. And in fact, he was at the Beacon Theater two weeks ago and I missed him. And, it, and it, uh, uh, I didn't find out about it so too late. And I would have loved to have seen I love people that take their years of mastery and they put it together to be still performing at their craft. Uh, at what other people would consider a very late stage in life, mid seventies, late seventies, early eighties. You know, I, 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 that, I mean, I want to be able to be doing that, man. If, when I get to 80, I want to make it to 80 first. And I want to be able to make it to 80 and still have some sort of influence on, on those I'm blessed to be around. Oh, I want to be in the se senior Olympics. I'm like, not, I'm not playing around. I want to be in the senior Olympics I, I, I feel every decade is going to be a better decade than the one before. And there's two things that I want to dive into. There's two words that are coming to mind and that's accountability and awareness. And the reason when we're saying all these things, if being accountable for our own outcomes and not being a victim of like, well, you know, this happened and I was tired and I went to a party, like be accountable that, you know what? 
I made these decisions. These decisions led to these outcomes, but I can make more consistent, better decisions going forward. And it's becoming more, if you become aware and take accountability, those two elements are steps in in the right direction. Where you are today doesn't mean it's where you're going to be in a year from now, but it is all predicated. It starts there, that awareness of I'm making decisions that lead to outcomes. And we do have circumstances that are thrown at us, like car accidents and cancer and tragedy that throw us off our, we're not like we're humaning. We're having a human experience. We just, we don't live in a vacuum. We're not robots, but at the same time, we do have to know how to recalibrate, take accountability and consistently make good decisions. So we get to the outcomes that we want. And I'm not kidding about the senior Olympics. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's where we fail. You know, well, you know, uh, when it comes to cancer or car accidents, because those are understandable. I think it's the, this, the slow death that we experience on a daily basis when we're tested, when, you know, we uh, go out at night and we have a cocktail and the next day we can't, we get off of our game and we allow ourselves to be off the hook. I mean, I think those failures uh, of discipline are far more impactful than, you know, when somebody has, you know, something really tragic happened to them and they take a step back. You know, the other night I had, I was invited to go to Rayo's by, by a good buddy of mine. And, you know, when you get, an invitation to Rayo's, you don't pass on it. I, th- I, I think I get about three times a year I get to go there now. I'm privileged to be uh, a guest of a friend of mine, Kenny Hicks, uh, invites me there. And, uh, and I, I took a friend of mine, Peter, along. And, and we had a, a later night than normal, and I had uh, more food uh, to eat than I normally would and, and, uh, and a little more uh, wine than I normally would have. And I, I knew at about 10 o'clock I had to tap out. I knew I had a date in the morning with a guy named Pacheco in the gym. And there's no way that I would send him a text. It looks like I'm not going to make it. It's just, I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it. And so the great thing about that is I suffered in the gym and I suffered during the day for the most part of that day. And I think that's part of the learning. You know, you understand you're going to do this. There's a cost to that. And many of us let ourselves off the hook and we never pay the price for those decisions. And by not paying the price for those decisions, we never really hold ourselves to account. So, you know, you know it was, uh, uh, I guess, a Thursday night out with the boys yesterday at uh, five o'clock in the morning in the gym. And unfortunately, I hadn't worked out with David in, in about a week. You know, he works out every day. I work out every day. We haven't worked out together. And so it's like sort of that, you know, you, I'm going to put you through it today. And at the very day I was most tired, at the very day I was dragging a little bit, that guy kicked my ass. And but but and when <laughs> he I came was to done, play. oh, he, no, he he, he uh, and this guy brings his A game. I mean, it's massive sets, incredible volume with minimal rest in between sets, less than twenty five seconds uh, between sets. And we it was an hour and 20, 20 minutes in the gym. I was sweating like I had just run. And, you know, and God, I'm sweating out garlic. I'm sweating out red peppers, uh, meatballs. I'm sweating, sweating out everything. But, you know, but, but, uh, but after I was done, I said, you know, okay, man. All right. You are different. You are different, you son of a gun. You were here. Uh, and you didn't pack it in. And, you know, and yesterday, last night when I went home, uh, I, I went to bed early and I died. You know, just boom, done. Uh, you know, but, but today, uh, today I, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to bring on what the day has and just a little bit of chest flexing, you know, our stores for, for new car sales for Honda are number one in the nation. Our, our, our used car sales for Honda, number one in the nation. Our accurate store sales, number one in the nation. Our accurate used car sales, number one in the nation. And if you're number one in the nation, that means the number one on the planet. So do, do you think I'm not fired up to talk to these men and women this morning about what they're doing and to keep the pressure on it's it's just a privilege Bob. it's just a privilege I Brian, think let me ask awesome. you a question on that how do you lead a number one sales team in the world for car dealerships how do you become that guy? well that the, that takes time it's it, it's one you know it's you, you look at the rung on the ladder ahead of you and you climb for that one rung and and, and it really is small uh, steps. And I think that's anything, right? Where, where do you start? If you want to lose 50 pounds, you start with the first 15 grams, you're not going to start with 50 pounds. 
and then celebrate the small victories. And I think we put such pressure on ourselves to get there all at once that, you know, you set yourself up for failure. And I, I, I don't want to set myself up for failure. I want to set myself up for success. And so for us, it's one, uh, it's not how do we sell 40 cars today, it's sell one. And then let's sell another one. And let's sell did you know one. you wanted this you, flight? You real... Did you know you wanted to be on this flight? No, no. I, I took a job selling cars till something better came along. And that was in uh, May 10th of 1982. And when I got there, I saw some men uh, that I worked with and they, they were supporting families and uh, had houses and cars. And I was 21 years old. I said, my God, imagine I'm living in mom's basement apartment. If I can make similar money to them while living in mom's apartment, I, you know, I, I can rule the world. And, and so I started looking at it from that perspective. And then, so, you know, it was observation, imitation, and repetition. I, I, God put a book in, and God's great like that with me. He puts the right book in my hands at the right time. And it was Dennis Waitley's The Seeds of Greatness. And he said, you can learn anything in life through observation, imitation, and repetition. So I looked at who was the best salesperson in the, in the store at that time. It was a guy named Mike Mednick. And I observed what he did. I, I repeated what, what he did, uh, and, and I got the same result that he did uh, over time. And in fact, I was able to critique and say, well, wait, wait, no, he could do this maybe a little bit better. And, you know, Mike uh, and I still have uh, a, a, an association of affection for one another after these 40 some odd years. Uh, but but I, I think you can do that in anything. Once we started getting to the point where we were leaders in the country, uh, and what we were doing, I started looking outside of my industry to the other leaders of the world, the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples. What are they doing? And, and how can we observe what they're doing, learn from what they're doing, repeat what they're doing, and get a similar result? Now, I, I don't have any visions of the massive success that an Amazon has, but certainly we can learn from what they do, uh, apply some of what they do, and have a better outcome than what we have now. Brian, 10K, I want to jump in here for a second. I heard the question that Alvin just asked, and I want to share with you my personal experience as to what I think the answer is to Alvin. I think the answer is paying the price and paying it forward. I'll say this again nice and slow. Paying the price and paying it forward. Everything that I ever heard you speak on, um, Brian, you're always willing to pay the price, and you're always willing to pay it forward. And most importantly, you're a very strong-minded individual who believe in your own intention, your own opinion, and you believe in your own way. When this COVID stuff came across, Grant was one of the public figures that always fought against the wind, fought against the narrative. But guess what? Next to Grant, you were the very same way I am, Brian. And your opinion would challenge, your suggestions would challenge, but you didn't give a shit. You just kept pushing forward with your same narrative. And then when everything turned around, most people, if they were honest, they would say, oh shit, Brian was right. Brian, one of the reasons that I follow you I don't give into the bullshit that I hear in the bullshit rooms when you're challenging others and they can't stand it. So they call you all sorts of names, all right? When I look onto your Instagram, Brian, all you're doing is inspiring others on how to win by being a fucking winner. Excuse my French. You're inspiring others how to win by putting in the work, by showing them what it takes. Even when you share the story of having too much for dinner, you got up the next morning and you paid the damn price. Had you sent that text over to the instructor for the morning, that would have been a sign of failure. That would have been a sign of a loser. But it's better for you to show up at the gym and fall on the floor from exhaustion. So to answer the question, Brian, you always pay the price, you always pay it forward, and you always challenge the status quo. All right, I'm going back in mute. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Brother. Wow, wow, wow. I want to nominate Brian for a Nobel Prize. We need to call. We need to figure out what the name for it is, Brian. But there's a period of time between January first and Super Bowl Monday when resolutions fail. That needs to be on the time schedule for national standards. Well, I totally agree. All right, guys. So my hour is up. I am passing the mic. Brian, David, it's Saturday sales day. I'm Barbara Majeski. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. And Brian, I will pass the torch to you guys. And, and, and Barbara, I'll, and see, you, I'll Barbara. see you on Thursday, right? I'll see you on Thursday in, 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 in Miami. I'm bringing, I'm bringing a good portion of the family. The Jasmine's coming. Uh, 
Poppy is joining us and, and little Clementine are all going to get uh, a vacation uh, and uh, and I'm going to get uh, hopefully a further furtherance of, of my education and to mix it up with uh, David. David Spisak, are you with us? Wakey, wakey, uh, Davey. From what? <laughs> yes, yes, yes I am. I'm right here. This is David. Aloha. Uh, no, that's David. And David, David's Aloha, going to be. Aloha. David will be, uh, and you'll be there in uh, Miami on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. I'm coming down Wednesday, and um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm there to learn, network, say hello to some friends. Um, but I'm coming in with with two ears, one mouth, listening twice as much as I speak. I am. I'm excited to, uh, you know, expand the mind, learn more, get inspired, and leave with more knowledge than I showed up with. So it'll be a good time. Whoop, whoop, me too. Yes. I think yeah, I think it's going to be just absolutely spectacular. Uh, just, you know, just to see everybody. Um, I mean, I've never met Barbara in person. I haven't seen Brian. Boy, I don't think I've seen Brian. This might have been the longest time in the last five years, uh, probably since November. Um, and to hang out. And I'm sure, you know, one of the things. Oh, wait, wait, you haven't seen what? What? what Vegas? Wait, no, oh, I'm Vegas. Vegas, Vegas. I'm thinking of in New York. <laughs> I'm thinking of in New York. Man, oh man, I'm thinking of in man, New York. Come, but man, Vegas. It, are you? Did you just have ago. a senior moment? Did I make that little of an impact on you <laughs> in Vegas? Was, was well, actually, you know what, well, I think that I blocked it out, Brian, just because of uh, the the trauma, the PTSD from the driver. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> Barbara! Never let David Spisak don't never share a driver with David Spisak. Stop it! He, it was the driverless driver. Get him. I, I I I never took more taxis in my life than with David's driver. I couldn't find the guy. He's Houdini. He, he where's Waldo? Uh, and he wanted me to move to wherever he was. Uh, could you make it there easy? There might hey there there might have been a slight language. Barrier, Barbara. No, no, this guy was. Hey, hey I won't complain, David. If you do that for me in Miami, you won't hear me complaining on Breakfast with Champions. You, you, you know, you <laughs> will complain. You will complain because you're going to stand out there like a schmendrick waiting for this guy, <laughs> and you're looking for the guy. And, and I had taxi guys helping me look for my driver. Oh my every, god! Hey, man, every every time I told this guy to be somewhere for Brian, and you know, I said, "Hey, be there. You got to be here at eight thirty. Just make sure you're there." Oh, all right, all right. All right. All right, so then I hit him. I texted him, 8.45. Did you get Brian? Uh, I can't. He took a taxi. I said, what do you mean he took a taxi? Where were you? He said, I, he, he couldn't find me. What do you mean he couldn't find you? Like, oh, my God. She's the least. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.